Oregon's one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon. Powered by the Portland Gear Store and Guardian Games, this is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. And without further ado, your hosts, Ben and David. I'm Ben. And I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome to the Diamonds Diamonds and Roses Roses podcast. We're back yet again, and Happy New Year, everybody! It's been a great year, and we're going to have a great year. Yeah, it's been a great year. It's we, always it's always baseball time. It is. It's always baseball time here in Oregon. And uh, we've got a returning guest to lead us in from the old year to the new year. <laughs> Mr. John Yashora, thanks for coming on again, sir. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your time. Now, last episode, we left off with you getting ready to talk about a story as you're driving up from Southern California to Portland. Well, yeah, we came up not knowing what what to expect. I mean, I, I knew that there was a tryout. Didn't realize when I stepped on the field that uh, there'd be over 300 players. And I think there were like... And you think ben, Bing didn't know about that either? Well, he never, you know, he just had come up and try out. And yeah. so a tryout usually meant... You know, there's four or five second basemen and so on. But I remember standing in line with 30 second basemen taking ground balls. So um, it was a little different than I thought. But um, the impression of the Mavericks that that I had is that I was going to come up here, play ball. We were going to be playing against some some other organizations. We knew the Dodgers and the, the Padres and the Reds had a team uh, a Northwest League team up here, so um, that was the whole point: is to to be to play against um, that caliber of player, and hopefully do do enough that uh, that we would sign our, ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, with the understanding that that uh, the Mavericks would sell the contract for, I believe it was, it was five thousand at the time, and Bing wouldn't stand in the way. I mean, he wouldn't ask for six thousand. I mean, it was a it was a flat five thousand. You pay that price, and and you can have that ball player. And so, um, but what I didn't realize is that um, what the the Maverick mystique was, and that was just this. You know, the name was perfect, mm-hmm. Maverick. Yeah, and so captured the owner, um, captured the town. Yeah. The first year they they had um, the manager manager was um, Hank Robinson. He got suspended for hitting an umpire. <laughs> um, the second second manager for two years was um, Frank the Flake. Peters. We know and, him well. We know him well. Friend the, of the podcast. The, the yep. flake, it kind of gives you an idea of, of what he was like. But an incredible athlete. I mean, he, yeah. he was at the final four mm-hmm. yeah, in basketball. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, Everybody yeah. works at Frank's restaurants. Yeah. 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 Peters in. <laughs> and so um, when I got up here, they, as I look back on it, it was probably Bing's, maybe one of his his biggest mistakes was to get um, a manager by the name of, of uh, Jack Spring and he was a, a relief pitcher he, he pitched for the Cubs and the and St. Louis and the Angels and a great guy I mean just a, a great person but he was a traditional baseball man hmm. and he was a high, the book he was a high school history teacher mm-hmm. and so when the the 
team was was finally named. Um, Frank called a, a meeting in um, in the the dungeon down underneath Civic Stadium, in the locker room, and he introduced himself and said, "I'm a high school teacher. Um, I know what pot smells like," <laughs> and just went on and said, "You know, we just won't have any of that." And after a game. When we're on the bus, I like a beer just like everyone else. And, you know, so we'll get uh, enough beer to, for for two beers apiece. <laughs> and so, and it just, he went on. The on bus. Two beers. Everybody had two beers five <laughs> minutes before the game. Yeah, sure, sure. And he went on. And you know what? I listened to that and I thought, okay, I mean, you know, sounded reasonable. And when Frank walked out of that locker room, you would have thought the the players just erupted. The the veteran players erupted. Like that's sob. What does he think he's doing? You know, and we're here and, to play baseball and party. Yeah. I, I I really couldn't understand. And so we played about probably three weeks into the season, and Bing was upset because we were playing below five hundred, and the team was just doing terrible. Well, we had a um, a bus ride to um, to Walla Walla, and so it was the first day there. And we had, I think, we played in Eugene the series before, and we ended up losing, probably losing that series. So we ended up getting to Walla Walla. No, it was, I'm sorry, it was Boise, and Jack was pitching batting practice. And there was a, a pitching screen in front of him, and he threw a ball and a rocket off this a guy by the name of uh, Ed Gilliam. Hit it, and Jack didn't have time to duck. And it hit him square in the forehead. Oh, damn. And that ball, I've never seen a, a ball <laughs> hit flush in the guy's head. Flush. And it actually miles an hour, 110. rolled back to the third baseline and stayed in fair territory. <laughs> And Jack never left his feet. I mean, he was kind of staggering around, and we all and we liked Jack. We he was he was a nice guy and and a good manager. And um, but he couldn't put a sentence together, and he ended up um, getting an ambulance ride to the the hospital and ended up with a with a um, a fractured skull. <laughs> and so he was out. Almost until I think maybe a week before the the season ended, and he came back for the playoffs. But um, we ended, we ended up winning that series, and we got on the bus, and it was my first my first bus ride without Jack Spring there, our manager, mm -hmm. and Cut Collette, who had, who had later become the the manager the following year, and Cliff Holland. We they had called uh, um, Bing and Bing said, "Well, you know, have Colette and uh, and Holland be co-managers and just take care and finish out the road trip." So they did, and we were ready to leave town. It was, it was right after the game. It was about eleven o'clock, and the, the cases of beer <laughs> just kept <laughs> the two coming, beer roll went out the window. Just yeah. kept coming through. And everyone was hooping and hollering, and um, 
And so we ended up, and that that just changed everything. And mm-hmm. we ended up playing, you know, we ended up winning the, our division and turning the, the season around. And that's when I realized that, you know, if you tried, if you tried to hold these, these guys down, it just wasn't going to work. Yeah, they needed to be. And nice. it was no fault of Jack spring by any means i mean I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't do his job but there's not very many managers frank was one of those that could could let a team just just go and mm-hmm. be able and be able to tolerate it mm-hmm. and so when we got back into town if you watch the um, the documentary bing is coaching third base and he's oh, out and yeah. he's got a uniform on and you're wondering, he's the owner of the team. Why in the heck is he out? Well, when we came back into town, he was he he had his name on the back of his jersey, and he said, "I'm going to manage. I'm going to manage it." So he, I think he managed like two or three games, ah. and then um, I don't know if if he decided he couldn't handle his team either. <laughs> but um, a little more distance. Yeah, yeah he yeah. ended up turning it over to. Uh, to cut and um, Holland, mm-hmm. Jack ended up coming back. We ended up getting beat in the the playoffs. But I was that the playoff where they the, the teams were bringing down double and triple A guys. Well, or, yeah, the, yeah, they, yeah, they didn't like the independent thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that that was uh, that year was um, the Padres, mm-hmm. and then the in '77 it was the the Mariners. It was a two out of three series. We ended up getting beat, um, beat in that series too. But then in the in the seventy seven series, we were in Bellingham for one game, and then we were going to come down to Portland and play the second game, and and if needed, the third game. Well, it was raining, and the field was in horrible condition. So we went out to the field. In fact, I, I, I was out there with them on the field. And they said, I, I don't see how this, this field's going to be playable. So went back to the motel and said, you know, well, I don't think we're going to play today. You know, so the, uh, the soccer, what did they call the championship game? The soccer cup or whatever. Yeah. It was the New York Cosmos and somebody. That's when Pele was playing. Mm-hmm. And so the guy said, well, we can watch the game. Let's go down to the tavern. And so, of course, they're drinking, watching the game, and get a phone call, and the game's on. <laughs> a few beers in, you know, whatever. And so... Um, Terry Lee, our shortstop, is, I don't know how he played that game. I really don't. And, um, but we, we ended up getting the guys out of the, the bar and dressed. And then we played that game. We lost that game. Yeah. And then, and we ended up winning the, the second game and then losing, losing the third game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not much has been said about that first game in Bellingham because yeah. that was kind of a, I felt it was a little bit of a raw deal that, you know, to tell us that the game... You were duped a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I thought so, uh-huh. you know. And, uh, and of course, the guys took advantage of the day off watching the game in a bar. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it just... Again, you know, not maybe if things would have been different, it would have still happened the same way. Yeah. That kind of let Bing know that 
you know what, we can't get your traditional baseball person in here. And, and, and we had talked earlier off, off uh, mic about Jack Spring, or not Jack Spring, Jack Dunn, who is a Portland State coach and probably the most knowledgeable baseball person that I've, I've ever been around. And um, Bing was thinking of, of having him manage the team and I think that would have been a complete disaster. Yeah. I think I think as much as as good a manager as Jack was, I don't think um it would have worked. Yeah. It would have worked. Yeah. So you you talk in some of the stuff that I was reading about you. You said that the team had traveled in an old laid law school bus and that the back seats of the bus were, were torn out, and there was supposed to be a, an area for the pitcher, next day's yeah. pitcher to sleep. But you said that you, there's some tables or something that were put up in the back, and you guys well, that, would gamble. The, <laughs> you know, we, we had this old, I don't know if it, it wasn't a Greyhound, but it was a, it just an old bus, but it was better than a, it was better than a school bus. I mean, yeah. it, the, the seats reclined. Mm-hmm. And, um, was it like one of those buses that you see in the movie Bull Durham? Yeah, probably yeah. something Similar like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so we were driving from Eugene over to uh, Boise, and it was in the middle of the night, and we heard Reggie Thomas yelling, "A fire, fire!" <laughs> in his high voice, and all the smoke, and and all of a sudden the uh, the emergency exit door in the back opened, and everyone started jumping. I'm surprised. Someone didn't break their ankle. I mean, because we were on a hill and we were we were going downhill. Of course, back then they didn't have cell phones. Yeah. So we just had to wait, and it was the middle of the night, so we had to wait for somebody that was going to stop. And so they stopped and said, "Well, you know, let somebody know." In uh, I think Vale was the next town mm-hmm. that that were broken down. So. Um, and it was getting hot. I mean, it was it was about ten o'clock in the morning, and the truth it was almost like it was a movie. And and we had a guy by the name of um, Rich Miley. We called him Cool Breeze because he <laughs> he awesome. was just this good looking, cool. You know, he he was one of the guys that had signed with the Phillies and and got released and then was playing with us and. Um, so he said, I'm not waiting around here anymore. I'm going to thumb back into town. So he he got his bag and got out. And somebody else followed him. I, I think I might have been Cliff Holland. And not one minute passed and a convertible comes by with two beautiful blondes <laughs> in there. And we're looking out and... They don't open the seat. They actually jump into the back, like no way. like it's some kind of, you know, nineteen sixties movie. Yeah, and we're saying, can you believe that timing? So, <laughs> Joe Garza and I said, oh, we're not going to hang around here. You know, let's let's thumb. So, we thumbed, and um, it was the next probably five minutes. A fertilizer truck, a liquid fertilizer truck. Came <laughs> that's up. how that's how it rolls for you. Right? <laughs> so. We, we we saw this roll up. We didn't realize it's a fertilizer truck, but we jumped in, and and it ended up being uh, one of our players actually coached high was a was a 
teacher at, at Vail High School. Oh, okay. And uh, Bob Edwards, I think he taught two years at Vail, and it was one of his ex-students. And so we said, well, what do you have in the back? And he said, oh, it's a liquid fertilizer. <laughs> so, so we ended up getting into town. And then, you know, long story short, we thought, well, the good news is, is that the engine's blown. I mean, it's not worth fixing. So we'll at least have a, a decent bus waiting for us, even if they have to charter some buses for the rest of the season. So we get back, and Bing has this laid-law bus that he's painted. Um, I don't remember if it was red or black. It must have been red. And on it, he had Portland's Maverick Baseball. And Portland's is in possessive. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. And so, that and that was a mistake. Because we had... We, Maybe we didn't do that intentionally. There was a, a sign painting. He, he painted all the signs at Civic Stadium. I don't know if you got... You guys aren't old enough to remember, I remember. this. They had all the, the signs painted, mm-hmm. and um, his name was Gordon. God, I forgot his last name. He was he was talented. He could paint. Uh, he could paint anything freehand, and he just kind of outline it and then paint it. But he couldn't spell, and so no grammar. Uh, he probably messed up two or three signs, and and so Bing always had someone stand out there. You know, just stand out there and make sure that that he's doing. Well, he had he had Gordon paint the bus, and he said, "All right, Port, Portland Mavericks baseball," and so he he did Portland's <laughs> Maverick, Maverick, which baseball. was true because that it was a Maverick. Yeah, Maverick and uh, so uh, he actually didn't have someone go out to watch uh, Gordon paint the the letters on, and so he he. Wrote it as Portland's Maverick Baseball, and and Bing said, "Oh, what the hell? He's probably right." <laughs> so that, that's how that state knows. It. Finally, there was a banner that actually read Portland's Maverick Baseball up there. So mm-hmm. um, capture the culture of the yeah. Team. Most of the things that that happened were by mistake. I mean that, and Bing capitalized on on all of it. He he was smart enough to know. That you know, if you screw up on the name on the side of the bus, you know, you take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. It's good publicity. And um, you know, we were in the, how the Joe Garza started is we were in Walla Walla, and we had won the first two games of the series, and it was it we were in the um, the top top of the ninth because we were the visiting team, and we played on a a football field. There was an actual football field that that was converted into a baseball field. And um, we were leading, probably we were leading by five or six runs. We, we were going to win. So some of the players were teasing each other and said, you know, I'll give you five dollars if you jump up on the dugout with a broom. <laughs> and so... I think who it was, it was Mike Geisher, the first time he was a pitcher. He was a starting pitcher, and he wasn't pitching that day. And he jumped up there and swept. And um, the first batter up was was uh, Cervantes. And he ended up getting drilled. <laughs> oh, jeez. Distracted pitcher. Yeah, and so, you know, (laughs) Cervantes was so mad. He said, you know what, if you ever do that again, make sure that it's after our at-bat, you know. 
So, um, so Bing found out about that and said, you know, that's great. That's great. And, and <laughs> of course he always it. get, he, if somebody came up with an idea and he would use it, he'd give them, and we were getting paid $300 a month. Mm-hmm. So he would give them a hundred dollar bonus. Nice. That was big money back then. Oh right? yeah. yeah. And so, and, and, you know, and everything, and he said, if you guys come up with something that, that, you know, works and brings, brings fans in the ballpark, mm-hmm. you get a hundred dollar bonus. And so, Everything that was happened to be planned and staged, or we thought was going to work, never did. Mm-hmm. And it was it was always something that um, the dog running out on the field. Just something spontaneous. The, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. dog running out on, on the field something just impromptu. happened. Just happened one time, and um, and the crowd loved it. Mm-hmm. And we had we had two players with dogs, and uh, one was a black lab that would just chase down anything so um and his name was was trapper and at the time the the multnomah kennel club the greyhounds were going and their their um hot dog was called pl greer <laughs> so one of the riders i don't know if it was ken wheeler or nick bertram nicknamed him pl greer or pl maverick yeah so um that's how he got it got that name and so it it would happen every time, you know, there would be a, a rally on the other team, you know, going, and we just wanted to break it up. They'd say, get, get Trapper. And so they'd throw a ball out, and there was a, a tunnel <laughs> down the right field line, and then one right by the um, the home plate. Almost, not behind, right behind it, but right off our dugout. And so that that ball would come out of the right field line and the dog would be sprinting out there and, and the umpires were just these young, you know, they, they, they were traditionalists, you know, they were just young umpires and everything had to be by the, by, rule. By the book. And so I remember this tall, this one umpire, he's about six, five and he just, he looked like a, a, an ostrich running out there and he's trying <laughs> to chase that dog down. And, uh, so they they ended up finally getting getting the dog off, and his his um, goal in life was he was going to catch the person threw the ball out, and he was he was going to if it was a player he was going to kick him out and fine him, if if it was somebody else he'd kick him out of the stadium. So he would you know when when there was a break in the game he would kind of walk down and look into the look into the right field tunnel, and. Uh, just waiting, just waiting for that to happen. Well, everyone kind of caught that, so they they ended up. Um, he started walking out there, and a ball came out, and he started running after the ball, waiting for the dog to come out. And, and the other tunnel, a ball came out from me. Uh-huh. So uh, that was it, you know. And the, the umpires, <laughs> we drove the umpires crazy, but. The, they had fun too, mm-hmm. you know. And there was one umpire that came up. I think Bouton had said this one time: is that, um, you know, he had an umpire come up to the dugout, and we would sing. Um, you guys ever watch uh, Roy Rogers? Yeah. His theme song was "Happy Trails yeah. to mm-hmm. You." Oh yeah. Till we meet again, happy trails to you. Keep smiling on till then. Well, when there was a pitching change and they were pulling out, we had stand up in front of the dugout. And sing that song, and um, and they, you know, 
pitch would flip us off as he's going <laughs> going off the field. And, and you know, we we did all the things that were bush league, right. you know, in just but you reveled in that. that yeah, was your identity. yeah, because I mean, that we were yeah. and and they couldn't they couldn't do that because you know if they if they did that they would they would be they'd have to oh, answer to their yeah, affiliate. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Um, there was one the the one incident we were talking earlier about is an organization team in, I think they're in a Pioneer League, which is Idaho, um, Montana, up in that area. And a catcher got somebody in a hot box between um, third base and home plate. Well, he pulled out a potato, a peeled potato, and threw it, purposely threw it over the third baseman's head. Well, the, the runner saw that and just turned around. And started trotting back to the to home plate to score, and the catcher pulled the real ball out and tagged him. <laughs> Classic. Well, I think that should be allowed. By the that way, that awesome. just—I mean—this brouhaha started, and they—they they ended up. The team actually released the player. I mean, it, it was near the end of the season. Stuffy baseball. Yeah. yeah they, they were, and I was thinking at the time, this was a couple of years after the Mavericks, and I was thinking, you know what? He would have got a bonus if he was with the Mavericks. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And, and, but the guy had enough of a sense of humor that he ended up going to, to a later home game and signing potatoes. <laughs> and, I love, he saw, I love that. and he signed the spuds for you. <laughs> and so, but that, that's the kind of thing that, you know, the organizations hated and Bing would have reveled in it. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, that was just the, the thing that, that he loved. Um, you know, we were, we were in the other thing that he took off on was the national anthem. And he was, you know, Baseball apple pie. He was so patriotic, and and uh, we were in Eugene, and they had a uh, they had the um, the national anthem on a cassette player, and they would they would play it over the PA system. Well, they announced that the 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 cassette player was out of order; and they couldn't play the national anthem. So the umpire said, "Play ball," and art and we were playing on their field, so we were the first up, and our our first hitter was Corky Corcoran, and he stepped stepped in, and and Swanee got up and said, "Wait a minute, they haven't played the national anthem," and so he said, "Come on, guys, get up here." So we started singing the national anthem, and the umpire said, "I said, get in the box," and so we were singing, and the looked at the outfield and the center fielder and the left fielder had their, had their hats off facing the center the center field wall um, facing the flag and so that first pitch was with with them with their backs totally totally back to the um, home plate so Bing caught wind of that and so when we got we went on a road trip and when we got back in town he had a photographer and that's where there's, there's a poster where the team's singing the national anthem, awesome. and uh, <laughs> and that's how that that started. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it just it was it was Bing's way of um, just building a building something off of something that that just mm-hmm. happened by by accident. So, at what point did the the uh, 
Brooms go up in flames. Well, that especially designed brooms. Yeah, especially Well, that was brooms. one of the things that we started saying. Well, the sweep was already was was already happening. So I remember, I remember Joe Garza said, "I'm going to get a hundred dollar bonus. I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to light light this broom on fire. We'll put gas on it, and I'm going to get on the the dugout roof." And I'll I'll put the broom down and you guys light it, and then oh, and then I'll wave it. And what could go uh, wrong? Yeah, what could go so wrong? He got up there, broom came down. Someone had a match, lit it, and then he started waving it, and the thing just started disintegrating in the the, the embers, ashes and, everywhere, and going into the crowd. And <laughs> Portland has a history of ballpark fires, burning, yeah, yeah, yeah big yeah. history. Yeah. So that that didn't work, but. Um, yeah, and then so, yeah, I Bing loved it. Joe got fined. He every time he got on the dugout, he would get fined. I think fifty dollars oh, was wow. the, the, but it wouldn't get a, a game suspension. It'd just be a, a monetary fine. So, um, but Bing would pay for those. Oh. So, you know, and he said if, it increased the tension. He said sure. if you get kicked out of a game, I'll pay for it, but you better get your money's worth. You know, so that was <laughs> that's awesome. That was the thing Great. that Good you know, if someone got kicked out. It was you know, you wanted your your fine paid. You better mm-hmm. do something a little bit yeah. more. So, and that, there was a um, we had the first female umpire. Her name was Chris Rand, hmm. and uh, she was tougher than nails. She wasn't very she wasn't very good balls and strikes, but she was gosh, she was tough. She was. You, you couldn't get her rattled, and uh, and the players would. It, it definitely wouldn't have done well with the Me Too movement nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. She and um, it was it, and she. Well, we had a bench clearing incident one time, and it was against the the Padres, and a guy came after me, and so I thought, well. You know, I'm probably going to get my butt kicked here anyway, so I'm going to get one good swing in. There you go. Make <laughs> so it worth I it. took a swing at him, and he stepped back. And Chris stepped in the middle of it, and my forearm hit her in the oh. mouth oh, no. and split her lip open. And um, all I heard her say is, you little SOB, you'll never see a baseball field again. <sighs> and so I said, Chris, I didn't know you you know. You stepped into it. I didn't mean to hit you. So um, we ended up a conference call with with uh, the president, and then Chris was was on the the line, and so we got it all ironed out. But it was just one of those things. But uh, she just she was she was a tough tough lady. She was a tough lady. Yeah. But um, the other thing that we used to do, and we were kind of the we were kind of the the ugly stepchild to the Timbers and the Blazers. You know, the Blazers won it in what, 77. Won it 77 mm-hmm. but, um, and then the, the Timbers, it was like Soccer City, USA. Mm-hmm. And, um, but they would run around the field after the game. You know, if they won, and then the fans would clap, and they, they'd kind of just go along the... That's a soccer thing. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah, soccer thing. Yeah, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. So... 
Bing said, well, hell, we'll start doing that. <laughs> he didn't care. He didn't care. So with the broom, if we swept somebody, that was the, the pictures of, of the team running around the, the field. It was, you know, they got that, we got that from the Timbers. That, mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be our celebration. Did Bing ever get down there and run around with Oh, him? yeah. He, he was there. The, the, there's pictures of him leading the, leading the way. With brooms? Sometimes yep. if you swept? Yep. Nice. So, and then, you know, he ordered, he ordered these, um, like three foot brooms, these miniature brooms, and and I don't know if he gave them away or sold them or what, but that's how the you know there were just brooms and stands, mm-hmm. and you know now you didn't see that, but now you do. You see, you see yeah. those brooms. Yeah, out. yeah, the sweep thing. Yeah, sure. So, so you so you played for from seventy six to seventy seven, and then it says you ended up being the you the first G um. Asian American GM in 1977-22? To this day, I don't know why he picked me, but he, for some reason, I remember sitting in the office and him calling me in, and I'm kind of dreading going back to school, and this is this is right after the season, and um, he says, I have a proposition for you. He said, uh, Lanny's leaving. Lanny Moss was the the GM in '76. She's leaving, and we need somebody. Would you be interested in doing that? And I was 21 at the time, and I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't. I was no more ready for that job than the man on the moon. But hmm. um, and it was it it dealt more with selling signs and tickets and preseason ticket sales and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's more selling ads and, and that sort of stuff so he explained it to me and and i said sure yeah i'll do it but under one stipulation is that when june comes around and the tryouts start i'm completely out of the office i mean i don't want to be attached to the office mm-hmm. thinking you know having the players think that i'm making decisions about who to cut yeah, and conflict of interest yeah, yeah. and it just Perception. wasn't mm-hmm. so i said i you know i just want to be i don't want to have anything to do with the office um i want to i just want to be a player and he said yeah that that's fair enough so that's what happened um so from i think i started in october um till late may um, who dealt with the, you need to have contracts signed by a certain date with the, the National Association. And so it's a lot of paperwork and stuff and things like that. Um, I, I would get calls from college coaches that said, you know, um, we have a pitcher here that, that, uh, doesn't look like they're going to get drafted. Would you take a look at them? You know, so, I mean, it, it was that sort of thing. And I liked that that part of it, mm-hmm. but uh, hated the sales part. Absolutely yeah. hated the sales part. And so um, so I ended up, you know, and I asked Bing, I said, why did you pick me? And he said, because you never ruffled anyone's feathers. He says, I was the one that everyone hated, and, and I needed someone in there that, you know, was a little more soft-spoken and, and more likable than, because Bing was, Bing would go, you know, he was like a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. But, 
He was brilliant. He was a he had two degrees from Dartmouth. Yeah, yeah, he played bowler. Um, remember, and he was he had a photographic memory, and he could spit out facts and and figures, and relate to you know from the grounds person up to the mayor, and it was it was just you know just battling the PCL. I mean, no one. I don't think anyone would have had the nerve to do that, but but Bing did it and, and made it work. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think people realize, you know, they think of him as as an actor, and um, but they don't. I don't think they realize how how brilliant he was. He wasn't yeah. just some kind of novelty. No, yeah, no, and yeah. Um, baseball mind too. And he could he could capture an audience. I mean, what you know, I think Frank said in that in in it. It's so true. Frank said the first time he met him is when he walked into his bar and said, hello, gents. Well, that was Bing. I mean, if he walked into a, to any place, um, he was he was noticed. And so, um, you know, a lot of people, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way at sure. City Hall. But, um, you know, one of his favorite stories was... Not into bureaucratic conformity. No, no, not conforming. at all. And... Uh, you know, and Bing had stories, and and I don't know if this is a true one or one of his imagination and just making something, you know, a good story out of it. But we were having trouble. It was the year that I was a, the general manager, and we were having trouble with um, with um, City Hall, and there was a, a woman by the name of Mildred Schwab. That was in charge of the Parks Bureau and the, the leasing the, the Civic Stadium. Well, she wanted to raise the, the rent up. And um, and we fought and fought and fought for, uh, for months. And um, Bing said, uh, I'll just say his first name was, his name was Rocco. And uh, nice Italian name. And he walked into the office one time and he said, Bing... What's the problem? He said, oh, Rocco, we just haven't, you know, he explained it to him. And Rocco said, I'll talk to somebody who will take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> and Rocco, Bing said, Rocco walked out. And within 24 hours, <laughs> he got a letter from City Hall that said. Wow. That, and, you know, to this day. <laughs> who uh, knows? <laughs> you know, Bing's, Bing was convinced that, that 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 was the story. But he had battled them for months. And it took Rocco, you know, 24 hours. And it got it solved. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so let's. Let's let's finish it up, uh, you know, with the on the, the Mavericks. Let's finish the Mavericks up with, uh, you know, the, the West Coast League comes in and they're like, "Hey, we want to bring the Beavers back," and so that whole thing with you know kicking the Mavericks out and, and so what what was going on at that time for you and and, and what was that making you and, and the rest of the guys on the team feel like? Well, I'm you know we never dreamed that. That it, I say that we never dreamed that a team could come in there and take it away. Never dreamed that a team would have the nerve to come in. Yeah, it was and, pretty sad. And do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it just wasn't. It, it didn't look real good to them. But then they, they just, they just had this cockiness that you know, if we want something, we'll get it. Yeah, that's and the vibe so, I got. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and so that they saw the success that 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 Portland was that the Mavericks were having, and they thought, well, we'll take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, we left five years, six years earlier because it was a dead town, but now that it's revived, right. we want it back. So, um, so that that's where I thought, no, they, you know, they wouldn't do that. So, mm-hmm. um, and B- Bing was more realistic. He knew. He knew the financial part and, and exploitation. You know. Yeah. So, um, you know, when the rumor started, it was within a couple of maybe a month or so that it actually came to reality that they really wanted it. So um, it did happen fast and there wasn't much, you know, it, it wasn't a matter of, you know, we're going to fight for this territory because we weren't going to get the territory. I mean, they had the rights to it, mm-hmm. but he had to be compensated fairly for it. Yeah. I mean, he, he was making, he, you know, he wasn't making a whole lot of money, but he was, he was making money with the team. And so um, what they, I think their offer that they were obligated to do was $5,000. So they thought, well, if we'll do, we'll do 25000 And so all the, my understanding was that all the teams had to pony up a share of that. So, um, you know, at the time, I think there was a team in Phoenix and Spokane and Colorado, Denver before the, and so they were going to have to they were going to have to come up with some money. So when he said 200, 206, they they raised it to twenty six thousand, and then he said no, two hundred six thousand, and that was that was just outrageous. So um, you know, and it, it ended up going to arbitration, and the documentary mm-hmm. covers that. Yeah. And yeah. He ended up winning it, but yeah, it's a big moment. Yeah, it was um, it was. But what's amazing is that. You know, you you see, there's leagues now of just independent teams, yeah. and I don't know how many leagues there are. A lot. You know, there there has to be three or four mm-hmm. teams, yeah. you know, around the country with just independent teams, and then there's there's major leaguers that have gone through that independent league. You know, there's pitchers that mm. you know. He ended up rehabbing in an independent league and re-signing, getting his, his fastball back and so on. So, um, you know, Bing had the the foresight to see that um, you know, he had this the, was sustainable. He had the guts to, yeah. to do guts something foresight, yeah. that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that other people wouldn't. Very cool. Well, very cool. Well, you know, John, we, we appreciate you coming on yeah, um, thanks a lot. You know, and sharing, you know, your stories with us and, and some very funny stories yeah. um, with everything in perspective of the Mavericks. And I think I got a different, a, a more enhanced outlook Absolutely. of what, what the Mavericks, you know, were, were like. You know, you were a bunch of guys that really enjoyed being around one another and you kind of just fed off that energy yeah. from one another. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think we they, they you know, it just kind of carried over that um, just get under the skin of the, the organizations. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we had... We probably had a quarter of the players that were that were released somewhere along the line. And, mm-hmm. A little chip on their shoulder. Yeah, little, they yeah, definitely sure. did. And sure. and um, and believe me, they there was, you know, we had a uh, Ed Cervantes who was who was second baseman that I played behind. I always joke that I I play closer to the water cooler than <laughs> I did second mm-hmm. base, but. Um, 
you know, he hit he hit three fifty something, and you know his nickname was Silk because he just could turn a double play like smooth, and um, and they kind of just blackballed him. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's because you know they didn't want to be proved wrong or or mm-hmm. what, but um, you know it's one of those things that I think it was harder. Um, to get signed once you played with the Mavericks. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> one last quick question. So, if Major League and when Major League Baseball, you know, does come because there's this big push to bring it here now, um, what what do you think? You know, do you think that the Mavericks name would you know be used? And what would you say about that? I you know I don't know. I don't know how the establishment really relates to the to the Mavericks. I mean, we're kind of we're a little bit of the 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 enemy at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, uh, if if the years have have toned that down a little bit and they'd be willing to accept that. But um yeah, I hope Major League Baseball comes comes here. Um Bing was convinced that that Major League Baseball would do well here. In mm-hmm. fact, he had um he had plans that he had a meeting with Elvis Presley. Yeah, yeah, to help purchase the I think the Chicago White yeah, Sox. Yeah, here. and um, you know he, he he had a plan down to player salaries. He was gonna he was gonna mm-hmm. it was before the, the, the all the different you know rules and regulations yeah. on salaries and all. But he was gonna do it a certain way that. Um, he could get by with with paying less on salaries. He would fly in um, Elvis Presley in a helicopter, land in center field, <laughs> and he'd sing the national anthem. Yeah, nice. And he, you know, he Just had different stop. plans. And then Elvis died that summer, probably weeks before oh. they were to, to meet. And um, you know, it's just one of those things that you know, you it's who knows what if? Yeah, yeah. yeah. who knows? Who yeah. knows? Well. Thank you for for taking the time to come on. Really appreciate um, it. Really, really, really appreciate you coming well, thanks out. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's been fun. Uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, any last thoughts? Nope. I just I just that you know we were kind of forgotten for so many years. Documentary kind of reawoken the whole. It's good. Mavericks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good thing. thing. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's fun to see the players and reunions and um, see those things. So at that time, we didn't think we were we were changing anything, but um, but it more of a legacy a, than you anticipated. A neat story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Well, thank you again for coming on, and uh, that'll do it for this episode. And again, once again, happy New Year! Thanks for thanks for listening and continue to. Uh, listening to all the other podcasts and we'll continue to bring you some great episodes and, and great content. So Dave, thank you. Happy new year, Dave. Happy, thank, new, happy year. new year, John. You too. Uh, thank you. I'm Ben. I'm Dave. And I'm Josh. And uh, well, that'll be it. You have a great new year and peace out. <laughs>